Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom, shakalaka. Somehow, some way, um, Sean and I have uh, had a long way since we've done a Bulls check-in, and I can't believe because you know for <laughs> once they're like fun and they're enjoyable and they're like worth watching. Um, so we had to bring on our regular Bulls guest. He's the co-host of the Cash Considerations podcast, uh, part of Blue Wire Network. This is Jason Pat. Jason, how you doing, man? It's been too long since we've had you on the show. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, obviously, the Bulls, like you mentioned, are kind of interesting, kind of yeah. fun. Uh, they're not, I guess I wouldn't say they're good, but yeah. uh, they're at least like a step up to like very mediocre, which uh, is progress from the last few years of just absolute garbage. So uh, uh, doing all right, then. This, just especially watching this team this year has been a lot, a lot, a lot more fun than recent years. Yeah, you know, what I really love is it finally feels like it's like there's two guys that you talk to any Bulls fan and they're like, yeah, that's the guy. Like two, there's finally like a couple of guys where people are like, "Yeah, we're really excited about him." And obviously, one Zach Levine, All Star last year, uh, just last night had a 40 point game. And then the other is the fact they got Pat Williams this year with the fourth pick. Who like, you see Billy Donovan really trusts a ton. Like he's guarding the best player every night. You know he's guarded LeBron, he's guarded Kawhi, he's guarded Giannis. You know he's guarded all these great players already, and you're seeing him kind of get that physical. Uh, when he talks about guarding Giannis, it was so funny. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he basically like put a <laughs> hole in my chest. Yep. <laughs> and so like, um, when you see like what you're getting from the roster so far, just as a whole, you know, obviously they're in the running for that play in spot. Uh, what, what have you, what's kind of jumped out to you the most from this team so far? Uh, I mean, obviously Zach is the first one, as you mentioned, uh, putting like having a historically great, uh, efficient scoring season over 28 points a game. His true shooting is up at like 66 I saw somebody tweet today that uh, he said, what are 20 points per game? He's shooting almost 60% on two pointers, which like only like, like Giannis and maybe Shaq have done for like that volume, that amount of scoring. Uh, just his finishing on the basket's been incredible. He's been incredible for mid range. He's shooting like 43% from three. You mentioned the 40 points last night against the Thunder uh, with no Lou Dort there. I mean, the Thunder has had absolutely zero chance of stopping. I mean, he was on fire from three from the start and just getting to the basket. I mean, just scoring at all three levels, just easily almost every night. He's had a few clunkers in there like anyone would. But, uh, I mean, just an incredible leap that he has made uh, to a legitimate all-star level player, a guy that the Bulls probably should be looking to build around now because, obviously, coming into the season, there were still questions, like, about trading him. And, like, even the start of the season, like, his name would come up like as a guy who maybe other teams would look to trade for. The Bulls would like to trade him. At this point, I mean, there's no reason to think that the Bulls are trading Zach Levine. Uh, obviously you do have to consider his going to be a free agent at the end of next season. Uh, the bulls could try to like give him an extension this off season or whatever, but it seems like they have a legit star player now that they can at least build with build around, whatever the hell you want to say. Um, and then you mentioned Patrick Williams. He's had his flashes he's certainly not, I wouldn't say he's good yet. He's got a lot of potential, but you've seen the flashes there. You mentioned the defensive stuff, taking that challenge every night. Offensively, he shot better than expected last night. He did not have a good game, but his three-point shooting has been pretty good. Low volume. Uh, he's a really good cutter. The other night, uh, he's cutting the basket. He got like three or four assists from Thaddeus Young, and I'll bring up Thaddeus Young in a second here. Uh, just seems like a smart player. A lot of tools there that could be developed. He's shown some passing stuff lately. 
uh, running some pick and roll. I think this Billy's just kind of slowly trying to give him more and more. You mentioned the trust stuff, more and more responsibilities. Uh, and hopefully he will come along like that. Like I said, he, I wouldn't say he's actually good yet, um, but he's, he's definitely has shown promising flashes. Uh, and you look at the, like the rest of the roster though, like they just had this uh, lineup change because like all the young guys playing together have really struggled when it's like, when it's been like Carter, Kobe White, Lowry, Pat, Patrick Williams, Zach, like they've really struggled as a unit together. And I mean, which kind of doesn't, uh, isn't a surprise, like young guys all together, like a lot of times uh, they're going to struggle. But when you like mix in Thaddeus Young, when you mix in Tomas Sadoransky, when you mix in a guy like Garrett Temple, who's hurting right now, but uh, they moved uh, they moved Thad Young and Tomas Sadoransky to the starting lineup now to try to balance the veteran youth like balance thing there. It's just had been kind of they've been getting out to slow starts because the starting lineup has been so bad. And if you look at like the lineup data, I mentioned Thad Young. Thad Young should be a six man of the year candidate. Now that he's starting, maybe that's going to ruin that. But like Jordan Clarkson will probably win that. But like Thad Young should be right there. If you look at just like He's having a, a basically a career season at, in like this is what is like his 14th or 15th yeah. year in the league. His passing has just like come out of nowhere. Like he's always been like whatever, an okay passer, but like I think career he was averaging like two assists under two assists per game. This year he's like doubling his assist rate. I think he's up at like four or five. He's like throwing like highlight reel passes yesterday. Drive to the basket behind the back to Zach Levine for a corner three yesterday. It's like like where did this guy come from? He's just always like dropping pocket pa- pocket pass dimes to cutters around the basket like. Uh, just Thad Young's like renaissance revelation, whatever you want to call it. Like, he's been incredible. Uh, and there's been obviously been a lot of talk about possibly trading Thad Young this, this year. At, at this point, I would say they probably won't. I know a lot of the reporting out there is suggesting that they're going to keep him. They're going to try to make this run to the play-in tournament. Or the play- I mean, they could just make a playoff spot, I guess, if they get up to number six because they're all kind of bunched around all these teams. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it's especially with Zach, with his situation at – Hit with him hitting free agency, he's never made the playoffs before. I think the Bulls are going to try to get in the, in, into this playing tournament or get into the playoffs, and they want to win. So uh, right now, it does not look like they're going to sell a guy like Thad Young unless maybe they get just like a ridiculous offer. Which I mean, they should see if they're what's out there still. Like if they can get uh, whatever a great offer. Like I, I know you're probably not going to get two first round picks, but if you get like a, a nice first round pick and maybe like another young player, maybe you still trade Thad Young. But uh, I mean, he's been so good. Like I said, Sadoransky's had been pretty solid off the bench and lately in the starter role the last couple of games. So just it's Zach Levine, all-star, and then this vet, this veteran, like, deep, like, bench that they've had, and now a couple of guys are starters. They've just – they've helped prop up this roster. There have been flashes from the young guys, whether it's uh, whether it's Patrick Williams. Lowry has shot really well, but he's – Lowry's been out for a bit. He's kind of a mixed bag because he doesn't do much else besides shoot really well. But then Wendell Carter Jr. has kind of had some of his uh, mental issues. Uh, he like the other, other after the heat game the other day, like he was really down. So definitely a big mixed bag from all the young guys, but Zach's ascendancy. And then this, these veterans, uh, have just been really, really solid in helping get this team to mediocre, which is still progress compared to, again, the crap that they've, they've been at the last few years. Well, I think like, you know, you talked about the fact that the trade deadline is coming up and as Bulls fans, it's kind of fun to finally be on the other end for once. It's not, okay, how can we trade to get more assets, which every team will always look to get assets, don't get me wrong. Um, but for once, it's like, okay, how can they add to get better? And you almost feel like, you, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I'm going to go as risky to say that they're going to be buyers by any means, but we're not looking at the trade deadline now. Like, okay, should we move player, you know, should we move Garrett Temple for two young scores? Like, we're not there now. It's like, okay, maybe we keep him and we kind of build some more guys, maybe try to add to the roster. It's nice to finally be on that side of it again. 
Yeah, and like I know, like there was like the Lonzo Ball rumors were out there for a bit, but I think it looked like Lonzo might stay with the Pelicans now that he's like him and Zion have a pretty nice chemistry, even yeah. though they lost that despicable game last night where they choked. Uh, and the Pelicans <laughs> have just been a re- they've just been a really weird team, but like Lonzo's been playing much better. Zion's been great. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to keep Lonzo long term, but it does not seem like he's going to get traded. Maybe it still will. I feel like they're going to try to move like Eric Bledsoe, maybe JJ Redick, but it seems like they're going to keep Lonzo. So like if that's off the table. Yeah, I'm not, in terms of like buying, like I'm not totally sure what else. Like it seems like it's, it's going to be such a weird trade market. Uh, Terrence Carnishov has talked about that like a week or two ago with all these teams with the play-in tournament. And, like all these teams in the East are kind of bunched together. There's some teams in like the West as well, like just bunched together going for this play-in. So like I'm curious who's going to like actually like be on the move. I mean, the names that keep, I mean the same names just keep coming up like over and over. It's like PJ Tucker and like the Magic guys. Uh, Andre yeah. Drummond's obviously out there and like I mean I guess I'm not really sure like the Bulls like I know there was a Bulls Andre Drummond rumor like an Otto's Porter's contract would match up with them but like I don't know I mean, Andre Drummond's whatever like if they did like Otto for Andre straight up like sure I guess whatever like it wouldn't really excite me that much As, if the Bulls do like buy I would prefer it be for like a guy that they would want to have around for the long term like I don't want to buy like a rental like I guess if you like wanted to try to get like Kyle Lowry but like to get that veteran point guard in there, an upgrade. Uh, I mean, maybe uh, I'm not really sure what the Raptors would be looking for. The Raptors are kind of in a weird spot with their season. Uh, and I don't know if you're going to like, if you're going to keep like, maybe you extend Lowry for like another season, just again, to have that veteran point guard there. Uh, but yeah, like if they, like I said, if they do I, like, I don't want to like throw away like their first round pick or something for like a rental this season. Like if you're going to make that upgrade, try to get a long-term upgrade, or maybe you try to consolidate, uh, for like a bigger name, but I don't know who that would be. Um, like, and the Magic guys, there's like Vucevic and like Aaron Gordon. Like, do you try to like make a move for those guys? I don't know. Like, who knows? But like, yeah, I don't like at this point. I don't think they're going to be sellers. It does not seem like they're going to be sellers at all. So we'll see. Jason, this year, like you said, has been like kind of a mixed bag, just in general. I, I'll be honest with you. Like this year, like I've been a little bit less engaged with the Bulls than I have in previous years because. I feel like anytime I tune in, they have like, you know, some stinker game that just like sucks. <laughs> like when I, the Philadelphia game from last yeah. week really sticks out in my Ooh. mind, like, like how you don't have your two best players. There's no reason why the bulls shouldn't be able to take advantage of a team like that um, when they're missing their two best players. Um, and Lori marketing just every time I see him out on the floor, like I just, I sit there and I'm like, I'm like, what's this guy going to do today? Is he going to be great? Is he going to be terrible? Like last night he had that like amazing dunk and you're yep. like, Oh <laughs> wow, it's there. And then, so like, I feel like Laurie Markinen, I feel like he, him in general, I, I feel like he's going to be the guy eventually to be moved for someone. Like, I just don't, I don't see, like, I know they're kind of like having this year where they're, you know, they stayed pat and they, they, you know, they didn't make any moves. They wanted to evaluate talent a little bit more, but I feel like we've been evaluating talent for a while (laughs) now. And it's incredibly frustrating for someone like myself who's been a Bulls fan since 1995. And I, it, it, it just drives me crazy. Zach Levine has been obviously just flipping amazing. Um, And to actually see him get recognized as an all-star this year was, was great. Seeing him in the three-point contest was fun. You know, there was a lot of good things about that, but um, where do you see Laurie Markkinen, you know, a year from now like I just I just feel like he's going to be the guy that's going to eventually be out of there yeah like because he's had like an interesting season like you look at his numbers and like, the numbers look pretty good in terms of it like his scoring like especially he's like almost 20 points per game he's shooting like over 50 percent from the field he's shooting like 40 percent from three around there like 
he's had some really nice shooting numbers, which is at least a step up from like yeah. the last couple of years where like, it's been like bad. He just doesn't do anything else. Like he doesn't pass, like he doesn't block shots. He, do, he just really can't play and defense in general. And he's so, and he's so big. He's such know, a big yeah. dude. Like he, actually, he should, he, he should be out there doing that stuff. Yeah. He, he actually had two blocks yesterday against the Thunder, which was like amazing. That just like never happens. Probably. Yeah. He's got like barely any blocks at all this season, but yeah. he's just not a deterrent defensively. He doesn't play make like, He's gotten better at finishing around the basket this season. Uh, I feel like like his two point percentages, but like I feel like it happens like a couple times a game. He gets set up for a lot of easy dunks. Uh, so like a lot of it's just he's basically a catch and shoot three point shooter. He has done he does shot pretty well moving like coming off screens as well this year. I just, the shooting has been fine, which has been good, which is like what we've been waiting to see. It's just like there just is not enough else there to like him going into this restricted free agency like are you going to pay him that money and now when you're like benching Wendell Carter Jr. I just feel like it's you probably just with with like making that lineup change like I feel like it's a sign that and with the injuries that they both had like that you can't really just like have those two be like your front court of the future I at agree. this point especially with Patrick Williams there now as well who's probably better as like a forward like point forward type maybe would be yeah. like your ideal spot for him like moving forward so like uh, so like I like both Wendell and Lowry should be like on notice. Like uh, I would be fine moving on from either of them. Like I don't know if like sure. there's going to be a trade now. I think again I think they might just no. kind of roll with this roster this season. Maybe make a small addition, something like that, and then in the off season, then maybe that's when they'll actually like uh, maybe maybe they do like a sign and trade of Lowry because like it would suck to like just like lose Lowry for nothing to like some I mean, because with uh, a lot of teams will have cap space. There's the market's not that great with all the with all the like hot guys, like signing extensions with their team. So like there might be a team out there looking to spend some money on a Larry Markin, which he does have value. Again, like, I want to say like, he's a like, bad uh, because he can shoot. And if this shooting like stays real, like that's a valuable skill as like a role guy is like maybe a fourth or fifth starter. But like in terms of like paying that guy, like what are, how much, however much money yeah. and the bull situation when they, when they're still just a mediocre team, they're still obviously not any good. They're the record against uh, teams over 500 this season is like four and 14, I think. It's terrible. Uh, play a, yeah, I mean they'll play a 500 uh, team over 500 tonight in the Spurs, but they're going to be missing their best player. Like, I mean these last couple games, the team, the, the Bulls have won by a lot, but like you, they beat the Raptors, who were missing three of their best players. They beat a, a bad. They should. Media, they should right, beat they, those teams. Right. They beat. They beat the Thunder. Miss. I know they had Shea there, but like missing a Paul Horford, missing Dort, missing Basley. That's three starters. So like they've been playing these depleted teams, and they, I mean even before that, uh, the Sixers game you mentioned, they, they got their ass beat by. The Sixers are better because they can defend even without Embiid and Simmons. But, like, you lose that game by 20. The Heat game, I know the Heat are on fire. Uh, Jimmy was great. Goran Dragic went off. But, like, the Heat did not have Bam out of bio that game. So, like, the Bulls are playing all these teams and missing all the, their, these top players. And they just haven't – and they haven't beaten many good teams this season in general. So, like, when it comes down to it, they're still just, like, an average team. So, like, can you invest that much with, like, a guy like Lowry and, and this, like, same kind of core players moving forward? Yeah, I think you probably have to look at changing things up around Zach Levine uh moving forward so yeah i i agree i think i feel like wendell or larry one of them has to go at yeah. some points um yeah. you know they may they may keep one guy i'm and i'm just like you i'm i'm ready to move on from either of them it doesn't like i'm not attached yeah. to any of them right. um i don't know how the rest of the bulls community feels but i i i, I don't have faith the bulls are gonna are gonna get into the playoffs this year even by the even by the play-in game i just i there's some of the other teams are really heating up right now we got charlotte you know who's playing very well um you know a few of the other teams are good and it's it's 
I don't know. I just feel like the Bulls are just a team right now that no one's really talking about. I mean, they could surprise some people, but I also don't think they're going to make any moves. I just, I feel like they're going to sit on their hands because that is what they do every year. They just <laughs> John, sit on their hands. Like today. I, well, you know, it's, it's been, it's been three or four years, you know, I just feel like, like, like at this point, like I just, I'm just not optimistic about them making any sort of moves back in the day when they were actually competing, when they had Derek Rose and Carlos Boozer and Joe Keem Noah, or even when they had the baby bulls with, you know, Kirk Heinrich and Ben Gordon, you'd see stuff. They made trades. Like they made that one trade for John Salmons that one year. And it was, it was, and I was, I was like, Oh, who is this guy? And he was awesome. He was, (laughs) he was, he was so good. So it's like, they used to make those kind of moves that actually mattered, but you know, now we have a new general manager in place. And like, I just feel like he's just sitting in a chair, just kind of staring at everything like this and (laughs) not really, you know, so I, I don't know. I just don't, do you, do you have faith they're going to make a move? Um, I can't say I really do. Like, I would like them to at least do something. Like I said, it'd be nice to just, like, whatever, like, officially pick a lane. I do think Billy making this lineup change was kind of them picking the lane. Like, all right, we're going to try to – we're going to go for the playoffs this year. It's going to happen. So, I was, maybe they will trade for some kind of upgrade. Like I said, I'm, I really have no idea because there's been, like, really no other rumors outside of the Drummond thing. And, like, sure. there, and it's basically, like, there was an Andre Drummond rumor. There was kind of a Lonzo thing. And it's basically been they won't trade Thad Young. Maybe Otto Porter Jr. gets bought out, and then like they shut down a Garrett Temple like Pacers trade. So there's been like really nothing else about them having like interest in anybody else that I can remember seeing in this last like week or two. So like it's been really quiet. It seems like AK is just like keeps everything very quiet. Doesn't really leak much of anything. He's no Danny Ainge who speaks to the media basically every day <laughs> and tries to like leak. He, I just saw that he We're did so another close. interview with some Boston with a Boston media guy today. Like the guys every day talking about the trade deadline, which. Like some some of that is kind of exciting. It's like, oh yeah, like gets you kind of hyped up to like for trades. But then when it turns into, well, you know, we almost traded for this guy, but we didn't. Then it just gets kind of annoying after a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, right now it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything. Which like, uh, it would just be nice to be, yeah, try to maybe like pick a lane and not just kind of sit around. Like make some type of move to either you're going for it or you're going to sell off parts. Right now it doesn't seem like they're going to sell, so maybe they will add something, even if it's even if it's something really small. I'd like to see them. Like get Felicio off the roster, get Luke Cornett oh, the hell out of here. Like, wouldn't that be something? How's he even he, still even, there? How? <laughs> I mean, this the, the excuse is basically that like that he's willing. He's making eight million. That oh, we could use yeah. his salary as a trade ship. So like, okay, <laughs> so use a salary as a trade ship for for something or uh, I can do it they, right. <laughs> and, if, and if they don't, if they don't cut him, eat the money and uh, go bring in somebody else that can maybe help you win games down the stretch of the season. The one I saw yesterday on a Lakers blog that I laughed, I literally laughed out loud. I was like, well, I know Harrison Fagan didn't write this because he's smarter than this. Was um, It was Alfonso McKinney and Wes Matthews for Garrett Temple. And I was like, why would either team do that? What sense does that make for either team? It's just like, a, it's just like rotating like the same, a similar <laughs> yeah. player, like veteran three and D guy. Like uh, Temple has been like, he's been pretty good. I, he got off to that great start. I know his numbers kind of crashed back down to earth. They regressed to the mean, but like, I mean, again, if you, he's great in the locker room, great leadership guy. And like, if you look at like the lineup data, like when he plays with like Zach and Thad, like the bulls absolutely kill it. I mean, there's no reason for them to trade Garrett Temple for 
another veteran. And I mean, Alfonso McKinney's been bounced like around the block forever. Like, what is yeah. like? Why would you add like what? That doesn't do anything for you. That doesn't make. That's just like a trade. That's like a trade just to make a trade. That's like yeah. A, that's exactly what that is. That's like Lakers fans are like, you know, the Nets are getting all these guys. We have to do something now. It's like, guys, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Um, they, not like I mean, West hasn't been that good, right? No, is he's been pretty rough. Yeah, he's been pretty rough. He's a. Uh, he, he was good for the. Yeah, he's good for the Bucks for a while. Bucks last season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, last year, like he was, they were counting on him, like playing pretty big minutes. Uh, let me see. Oh yeah, thirty-three percent. Oh yeah, he is not playing well this season. Yikes. <laughs> well, I guess I guess that would explain why they want they they would want to make that trade. But like, why? Yeah, why would the Bulls do that? No, no point for them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask about Kobe White real quick because uh, I feel like yep. um, more and more, I feel like I'm still like kind of the, the flag carrier of the president of his fan club. Um, especially now that he's gotten benched, but like, I don't know. I loved him in North Carolina. I was such a big fan of his and I really feel like more. And, and you know, it's been talked about a little bit. I know as far as like, maybe his best is, is his best role kind of being like your microwave scorer off the bench. And we obviously knew he wasn't a point guard. So when they were starting at a point, I think Billy was just kind of like, what else, what are the options are we going to do? And obviously, like you said, Tomas has been pretty good since they put him in the, in the, in the starting lineup. Um, do you kind of still feel like, again, Two years to talk about a guard is so hard to kind of evaluate. Yeah. I understand that. Um, but do you really kind of, do you feel confident in the idea that Kobe White's still a future part of this team? Like he's a guy that they can keep as far as this like future projection of what the Bulls are going to be for, you know, maybe three, four years down the road. Like, I wouldn't say that like he and Zach will be like the backcourt of the future on like their next good team. I, I there's the defense together is bad. I know Zach's gotten better defensively, but like Kobe has been really bad defensively this season. And just like that combo together, I, I feel like there's just like too much skill overlap. Even if Kobe does develop, like I just, the, he just like doesn't seem like he has a natural like point guard feel. Not it's just like a, not a high level of decision maker. Like he has his moments, uh, but just like you can just tell like when, when those games against like good defenses and when teams like pre- ball pressure and stuff like that, uh, it can just be really ugly for him sometimes. And you it, He's just so much more comfortable spotting up, playing off the ball. So, like, I think you can – I mean, guys have long, good careers as six men who can shoot the hell out of the ball and score a lot. I mean, if he's like your, your Lou Williams or your Jamal Crawford, I mean, I mean that that would be totally fine. Obviously, that means the Bulls would probably – they still need probably another lead creator next to Zach Levine. Probably not going to be Kobe White. I, gotta say, I don't want to totally say, like, it's definitely not going to be, but, like, from what you've seen so far, like, I'd be surprised if he can develop into, like, a high-level guy. I know – I mean, I guess I know people want to turn to like, if you want to look at like Jamal Murray as a comp or like Dame and CJ, but like Dame is, I mean, I guess Zach is maybe kind of getting to a Dame level. Dame is obviously just ridiculous MVP level right now. But like, I mean, Kobe would have a long way to go to get to even like a CJ level. Uh, So, I mean, I guess that's like your best case, like hopeful scenario, but like more likely is probably like maybe this microwave six, six man score type, which is fine. Like I, like I wouldn't be fine if you if that's the role he plays for the next couple of years. Obviously, then like in, in that case though, like you maybe you look at him more as a trade chip for like a for a bigger piece if you're gonna look to make a bigger deal, a big swing for somebody on the trade market in the, in the next few years. Then he becomes much more available than maybe you thought he would be before. So like right for right now, like I'm I'm fine with what they did with that lineup change, moving Sato in because I mean like Sato, Thad, and Zach, like these lineups together with these with Zach and these veterans has been incredible and. uh I know that some of that is just like they can beat up on bad teams and they've, that's what they've done like against high level competition. Like I don't think Tomas Sadoransky, like as your starting point guard, really the answer. He was not good last year. 
they have not beat good teams this season. So like, we'll see with this, when this lineup change, when they start playing good teams, like if they, when they play, I think they go to Denver on Friday. So like, we'll see how they can match up with them. They play the jazz coming up. So like some, against some of these like really good teams. We'll see uh, how this new lineup does. But for right now, back to Kobe. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with them, with him in the six man role. I think he's more comfortable in it. I think Billy, like did he, he gave him, a, he gave him a lot of rope. He, tra- he gave him a lot of time try to get this thing going he was starting to shoot a little better and score a little better i know before this benching but i think he just realizes I, that heat game that sixers game just like it was against these good defenses that really can lock down like kobe just couldn't do it against the, the type of physical strong defenses and so i think it's fine putting him in this role so i'm not gonna fanboy out here by any means but i will say like i, I listen to cash considerations every week a big <laughs> nice. fan. Thank I, you. I really like the show um, I really like your, uh, you and Ricky are doing a really, really good job kind of for guys like Sean and I, who aren't in the area, it's like not easy for us to watch every Bulls game, even with yeah. the pass. Um, so with, you know, catching you guys every week and you talking about it really helps out a lot. One of my favorite things you've been pointing out a lot lately is, um, the ridiculousness of Denzel Valentine and how <laughs> it seems like he just has this like ridiculous ass swagger out of the blue when he's on the court. And so like, I wonder when you look at him, because obviously, you know, coming out of Michigan state, he was a four-year player. He was a great shooter. Um, he's had been very up and down in his NBA career so far. Chandler Hutchinson, pretty similar to um, when you look at like kind of Denzel Valentine, um, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's coming up on his RFA status too, if not already. Uh, what is the, you know, what is his future like with the bulls at this point? Well, Denzel signed the qualifying offer, so he'll be unrestricted next season. Okay. That's what it was. That was 4 million. And I was like, I was initially surprised that the bulls even extended it. I thought they were going to let him go. But uh, clearly, the AK uh, at least values him, like his shooting, his passing. Like he, he, I mean, he was a great player at Michigan State. Uh, some, he's a skilled player. That's why the Bulls took him. Uh, that was right at the end of the lottery, I think, when he came out. And he's had the injury problems. He's had what, like three or four like leg surgeries, whatever the hell he's had. So like he's had that. Like and this year, like he, I feel like he like hits just enough shots to like some to be decently effective if you look at his shooting numbers they're not good he's like under 40 percent shooting overall he's like 34 35 percent from three but he like goes on like just enough runs to like keep him getting minutes on the court and like his plus minus has been pretty good this year which i think has been helped by playing with a really good bench with these other veteran bench guys but like yeah you mentioned like the goofy swagger stuff i mean the other night when he uh, hit three threes in a row against the Raptors. And the last one was a pull up in transition with nobody else with them. Like just an absolutely absurd shot. Like it's a shot you take when you're up 15 against a G league Raptors team in the fourth quarter and he makes it. And then he just goes like nuts. He's like yelling at Pete. Like obviously there's no fans in the stands and he's just yelling at whoever he's yelling at. Just like having a ball. Like he just, I like, hit the game winning shot or it like won the title. And it was, I mean, it was absolutely hilarious. And, just, and he, and that, that comes out all the time. He's like, he's one of the most rationally confident players I've ever seen given like his okay skill level and like what he is in, in the NBA. And like, sometimes it could be really, really bad. But sometimes he just takes God awful shots and they're not even close and just like makes some terrible passes and the shot selection again can just be hilarious. But other times he makes ridiculous heat check shots and he starts losing his mind. So in terms of like moving forward, like I have no idea. Like I can't imagine he would get anything more than like uh, an exception. Like, I mean, I don't think he'd get like a full mid-level, like maybe like a taxpayer mid-level exception or even like a minimum deal. Like I can't see him getting just that much money just because again, like the injury problems, he's already like 27 years old this season, even with some of the shots that he's made. And it seems like he like has big games, like, he's still shooting like crap and he's not, it's not like he's a good defensive player. So like, he's like a decent 
10th, 11th, 12th man to have come in, maybe provide you a little spark with the shooting and playmaking, but anything more than that, not really. But it is hilarious to watch him just lose his mind when he does do well. He's my guy at trade in 2K in every franchise. I'm like, no, nope, you're not on this team. You go. <laughs> well, he's also, he's also, you know, the 2016 Summer League yeah man yeah i mean that was his his run in the summer league that year i think that'll be like his greatest accomplishment you know going uh, back didn't jerry grant the finals mvp in like the summer league that year i I believe i believe he was like the summer league tournament (laughs) it was something like that it was i'm pretty sure like him and i think it might have been him and like doug mcdermott led like the summer league team that year maybe even cameron Payne. i can't remember it was something it was something like that You got some, Sean? No, go. Okay. Um, all right. Well, you know, we've talked quite a bit already. Obviously, really enjoy this check-in. So as you look forward the second half, uh, we're seeing this team kind of really, you know, we see, we're seeing changes. We're seeing this push. Obviously, Billy Donovan compared to Jim Boylan is like getting freaking Phil Jackson to coach your team again is what it feels like. Um, but, you know, it really also kind of feels like, you know, you mentioned like he gave Kobe White a ton of rope. And I think he kind of, he kind of had that recognition as, you know, even his time in Florida, like being a player's coach, I know he hasn't won an NBA title, but he's obviously had success in Oklahoma city. He's coached some really good players. Um, you know, I knew he was the coach of the three, one thunder team that blew the lead, but just like being around, you know, having him around, obviously it's the first half of his season with the bulls. And, you know, even the shock I had when they said that Billy Donovan's gonna be the head coach of the Chicago bulls was like, put on what, like a competent coach, like, can you just like for you watching them as much as you do? Um, how much? How what do you? How much have you really kind of enjoyed having like, you know, something who would you go? Oh, that rotation makes sense for once. Yeah, I mean, also just like even just like him in like the media as well, like talking after games. Like, there's a lot of times like the last couple of years with Boyle and like the Bulls would lose some stupid game, and he would have some stupid. I mean, just. You'd immediately turn to like Twitter and see Jim Boylan spotting some just absolute dumb stuff, and you just like forehead slap, like just like what is this guy talking about? And even now, like when the Bulls the Bulls have lost, I mean they've lost some awful games this year. They've had some collapses, some ugly losses, whatever. But like, and even when like maybe he does something that's like wrong, and like I mean, he makes mistakes. I mean, you make rotation mistakes. Like, and they've lost a couple bad games where they some mistakes at the in execution. But he'll at least like explain like what he was thinking, like his rationale and stuff like that, and just like his general just like explanations about his decisions and what he does. Uh, it's just like so different, so refreshing. And we we had Casey Johnson on our uh, pod last week, and like that was something he talked about, just like with Billy, just like the way he like just handles that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and just like the way like it seems like the players really trust him, and just the way he like takes input from the players. I know a bunch of guys have talked about that, how like it seems like they're a lot more comfortable. And like with this lineup change, even like both Wendell and Kobe talked about just like, seemed to, I mean, obviously that I don't think they're going to say they're upset, but I mean, it seems like they both handled it pretty well and that Billy like handled the whole thing pretty well with them. Uh, and just the way he's had to try to like balance between these young guys and development and trying to win games. I think he's done a decent enough job to straddle, straddle that line. Obviously you could have said maybe he should have made this lineup change sooner given how bad the young guys were all together. But like, I think he wanted to try to give them as much of a chance as possible and not just totally bail on it. But the fact that he's making the move now, uh, I think it's, I mean, a good sign of his ability to adjust and just the way he's, he handled it all. Uh, I know Thad Young, I wrote something at Forbes the other day where I had a quick chat with Thad Young over email. And he just talked about like this, I mean, Bill, just the difference between Thad Young this year under Billy and last year under Boylan, it's a completely different role. He's like Billy has completely unlocked him, and Thad just kind of talked about just like how 
uh, how Billy is just the, the, having that trust in him and that faith in him and putting him in that role has just been like huge. And it's, he's just been way more comfortable. So it's clearly, I think the players really like playing for him. I mean, Zach has taken this leap under him. He likes him. So just kind of having that stability, that just general competency and uh, has been just, a, has definitely been a big upgrade. And, I mean, you see it uh, just with the record and just like with like their just general competitiveness. I know, again, they haven't beat good teams. They've, uh, had the blowout against the Sixers was bad, but like for the most part, they have stayed competitive even against uh, good teams. They just haven't been able to win games at the end, which I think is more of just a talent problem and not as much of a coaching issue. Yeah, you know, like, I look at like so these teams right now they're in this group at the play-in. So the Hawks, the Knicks, and the Pacers. You know, Toronto's right there, and then, then yeah. you know Washington down. I, I think they're better than Washington down. Washington, Cleveland, yeah. and Detroit. Obviously, they're better than most teams. Yeah. And, you know, like you said earlier, like Toronto, when Toronto has Pascal Siakam and all those guys, yeah, they're definitely better than they ha- than like we've seen. Um, but other than that, too, like, I mean, I don't know if I think they're really better than the Knicks right now. But, like, I don't know if they're better than the Hawks, but they're a lot more fun to watch than the Hawks. I don't know, maybe it's just because I hate Trey Young's basketball playing <laughs> like, show. Like, it just feels like it's, like, light James Harden. Um, Tim's got a long bias with Trey Young, so, <laughs> so and, and I get it. I get it. I just don't enjoy the whole like dribble for 20 seconds and shoot thing. I just never have. Like, it's why I was never a huge James Harden guy. Um, but like, how do you feel about this roster right now? And obviously building for the future. Cause it's like, it also sucks that this is the year they're competent. And then it's like, Oh yeah, but Kate Cunningham's in this. Right. And this yeah. kid, you're like, come yeah. on guys. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I know, I know some people are still like, Oh, they should have like be tanking and all this. I would have, I would agree if like Zach hadn't taken this leap. Okay. Like if Zach was just kind of like who he's been, and just as like a fringe all-star, like a good player, but like not doing what he's doing now, then I think you're like looking at, all right, maybe you trade Zach Levine. You sell off Thad Young. You probably, you have fewer wins. Uh, and then you maybe go that tank route. I don't think you can really just, it's just hard to like sell that, like to a guy when you have Zach. Like if you want to make Zach like you're a long-term piece, like you, it's really just hard to sell like the tank thing. So like, so then you have to look at how do you get better by being kind of in the middle where they are how do you get that next like star player to play with Zach Levine? Because like when Thad Young is your second best player, as good as Thad Young has been, like you're not winning anything. <laughs> so like you need to, you need either some of these young guys, whether that's Patrick Williams to develop into that second guy, or you can look to consolidate some of these young guys into another star player on the trade market. Uh, I don't know who that would be again. I, some of this stuff can change quickly when guys ask for trades and ask out. Uh, so obviously I think you're going to have to look out for that. Like free agency this year, I don't think you're, I don't know if they'll be making any like big splashes in free agency because it's just the market isn't that great. Uh, but I guess in the coming years, like if you hope, if you have Zach around for the long term, like maybe you hope he can uh, recruit somebody in Chicago to play with him. So, like, it still is kind of a point where, like, all right, they're mediocre. So, how do you take that leap from mediocre to actually like really good? And that is definitely a huge question mark right now because it's probably not going to happen through the draft. I know you could get lucky even from the middle of the draft. Uh, obviously there are superstars you can get in the middle of the draft. I mean, Giannis was a middle mid round pick, all that kind of stuff. Like that's, uh, that can be kind of rare. That's, I mean, you got, I mean, Jimmy Butler was a 30th pick. Maybe you get lucky with something like that, but for right now you have, it seems like they're going to have to build from the middle and that, and not do that tank thing. And that can be hard. Uh, I know some fans don't like that and think that you should be looking for the high draft pick. But I think with, like I said, I think the Zach thing and Zach becoming the player he is kind of has changed the outlook there and, uh, that, that they should be looking to win, become a more competent team, become more attractive organization. 
so that other star players do want to come play here in the next couple of years, whoever that may be. Uh, I know I've joked some people that uh, they should uh, be on the Jokic lookout train in like the next like two years. Uh, sure. I know, I know uh, he's uh, because apparently there's like a big like Serbian population in Chicago. He's talked about it. There's obviously the AK Denver uh, connection. So maybe if Denver doesn't really do anything in the next couple of years, maybe uh, maybe he'll want to look for uh, to come to Chicago and reunite with AK. And that's and that's what the Bulls get in a couple of years. But that's obviously a pipe dream for now. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to see like how they try to make this step from they've gone from terrible to, to mediocre. But that step from mediocre to like an actual contender uh, is is even harder. So we'll see how they we'll see the direction they take. I'll go ahead and say this now that if Nikola Jokic thought about the Chicago Bulls as a potential fit, I will buy him unlimited Portillo's for the rest of my life. I will make sure that he never has to worry about pick, fitting the bill at Portillo's. That's how much I would love to have. I'll him chime in with, I'll, ch- I'll, I'll help you out there as well. Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask you two more things and they're not Bulls related actually. Uh, the first okay. one, um, obviously, you know, it's going to be a weird Chicago Cubs year after, you know, all those guys leaving yep. from the world series run. You know, what is the feeling like around them? You know, you Darvish is gone. Kyle Schwarber's gone. Schwarber was like so iffy at times. Yeah. Um, what, you know, what, what is the feeling for around the, around the Cubs nation now? Does it just feel like that pre like Theo run again? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I've, I've paid like so little attention to Cubs spring training so far. It's like, I don't even really know what's happening. Like, uh, and I obviously like losing Theo, just like the end of an era with him gone. And you mentioned some of those guys, the Darvish trade I know was panned. I'm not really, I'm still not really sure why they did it. It seems like they easily could have uh, probably just kept him for, I mean, another division I'm pretty sure is like, going to be like a whatever, right? Like it seems yeah, like it's yeah. like, the, the Cardinals like, oh, won like, it with Arenado. They, they, they made yeah. the trade for Arenado and they won the right. division already. Yeah. So like the Cubs should still be like, I guess competitive. I mean, they, they have Jake Arrieta back, which is hilarious. So like, I guess it's kind of nostalgic and kind of fun there, but like, yeah, I mean, trading Darvish is kind of weird. I know a lot of people have just like hate Tom Ricketts now, just the Ricketts in general, uh, to, to like that they've blown that goodwill from like 2016, like already. It's just kind of hilarious. So, like, I can't say like I'm super excited about the Cubs. Like I said, I've been just so like watching the Bulls and like watching Illinois basketball has been like it's been huge this year. So, just like I just haven't really spent much time thinking about the Cubs yet. Uh, once the season starts, I'm sure I'll watch most as many games as I can. Uh, obviously with the Bulls playing with this weird NBA schedule, I probably won't be able to watch as much Cubs as I want. But uh, yeah, it's kind of like to take a whatever at this point. Like, I hope they're decent. I hope they're competitive and like not terrible. And maybe they'll get lucky and like get in the division. You get in the playoffs, you never know what could happen. But right now it's just kind of like, meh, whatever. I was at Jake Arrieta's no-hitter in Cincinnati when they won like 16 to oh, nothing. Yeah. I was yeah. at that game. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty brutal for a Reds fan. All right, yeah. so I wanted to get the bad out of the way so we could talk about the good. Like you mentioned, Illinois, been terrific. I'm a big Brad Underwood fan, so they've been a team I've definitely been pulling for. And also, Ayo Dunsumu is my favorite college basketball player in the country. Uh, just got announced today he's AP Player of the Year. Um, I have picked Illinois to win the title. I know Gonzaga's undefeated. I know Gonzaga's probably the best team in the country. Um, but I feel really, really good about the way they've played that big 10 championship game against Ohio State's a classic already, just a terrific game. How good are you feeling about Illinois, especially since their region is stacked in this tournament? Yeah. So like as an Illinois guy, uh, I, I'm picking them to win. Obviously I got to stick with them and they're obviously very good. They're, they've been on fire. They looked great in the big 10 tournament. I mean, they handled Iowa again. They, they beat Iowa twice. They beat Iowa, Ohio State twice in the last couple of weeks as well. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they're really good when they, when Io's going, when Kofi's going, they've gotten Andre Curbelo has been great lately. Adam Miller's yeah. been stepping up. 
uh, Trent Frazier senior. So they have, they have good guards. They have a dominant big man. They can, def- when they try, they defend really, really well. I mean, they have all the ingredients to win it all. It's like, could they do it? Absolutely. Uh, I do hate the fact that they're playing Loyola or likely playing Loyola in the second round. I Me think too. Brutal. I think a brutal seeding. I think Loyola, based on all those metrics, the net, the Ken Palm, they probably should have been higher than an eight, whether that's a six or a seven. I don't know, but I had a feeling that they were, it had been like, it had been, I feel like projected as that, like for a while that Loyola was going to be an eight, nine, and they were going to be in Illinois region. And they'd have to play in the second round. And then after that, uh, if they do get past that, you're looking at possibly Cade Cunningham in the Sweet 16, which uh, Oklahoma State, I thought, also was going to get a higher seed than a four. I thought they were going to maybe get on that three line uh, so you wouldn't have to play them in the Sweet 16. So, like, that is a brutal, pretty brutal stretch there. You feel Loyola, uh, Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma State, and then the other sides, but, like, Houston and, like, I think San Diego State's, I think, in that. They're on fire. So like, West Virginia's yeah. good. Yeah, West Virginia. Yeah, that's, that's really tough. So, like, I can't say I'm like super confident. I mean, the tournament, you just never know. It's obviously going to be such a crap shoot, and especially this year with just a weird season in general. I can't say I'm like super confident, but like, I guess I'm as confident as I, as I can be. They're playing really well. They have all the ingredients there to win it all. So, and it's been so long since they've actually been good. I mean, they were going to go to the tournament last year. It was so annoying that uh, they were to end like a five or six year streak of no tournament. And then the season gets shut down. Uh, I think they could have made a deep, deep run last year because they were really starting to play their best basketball last year. Uh, so I'm just hoping that they can at least make a deep run. Give me to at least that second weekend and then we'll go from there and we'll see. So I'm crossing my fingers. Sean texted me yesterday. He goes, I did, I watched no college basketball this year. He's like, who do you like to win it? I was like, Illinois. He goes, Gonzaga went undefeated. And I said, uh-huh. He goes, and you still like Illinois to beat them? I said, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I picked, Tim. I'm taking your advice, man. Nice. Oh, man. Hopefully there's no money on this because that's never good to follow my lead when it comes to cash. Uh, <laughs> it was just $5. I, I'll be all right. <laughs> all right. All right. That's fair. Well, Jason, man, I know we always love having you on to talk about the Bulls because it's like our outlets where we can talk about our favorite team as well. Um, so we definitely always appreciate your time. And as always, before we let you get out of here, um, please take the moment to shout out, you know, your social media your podcast, you know, all your writing work that you're all around, please, by all means, man. Uh, yeah. Twitter at bulls underscore J. Uh, the podcast is cash considerations. That's me and Ricky O'Donnell. We will be recording live on locker room tonight after the bulls play the Spurs. That's the end of their five game homestand. Uh, I just bet some money on the bulls to win this game tonight. So they better win part of a parlay. Uh, they're like, they're actually a favorite because I think DeRozan's out. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully they win and make it three in a row and get back to get to, I think they do what 19 and 20 going to this Denver game on Friday. So that'd be pretty exciting. Uh, and then for my writing, I do bull seven Forbes, uh, do bull seven estimations bloggable. And then I'm also an editor at clutch points, shout out to them and all the crazy graphics over at clutch points. Uh, and I think that's pretty much it. So yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Of course, man. So we're going to wrap this up. And like, we, like Jason said, uh, follow him at all those places and we'll be back tomorrow for our NCAA prediction show on at large bid. Um, it's going to get wild. We're going to have my pal, Brad Redford, former Xavier player with us. So a lot to look forward to everyone. Have a great night. We'll talk to you then.